morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got gonzo also known as super g in the building today jackie the crypto juggernaut and i gotta throw somebody on mute give me one second here and Mario, the Node Defender. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Gary Gensler is gearing up to take down Cardano and Ethereum after confirming proof-of-stake cryptos qualify as a security, while Coinbase is now leveraging Standard Charter as a new on- and off-ramp for crypto investors. Former head of the OCC, Brian Brooks, states this banking collapse is a direct attack on small banks and crypto, as XRP could soon be considered a payment token after new regulation overseas. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is publicly promoting the digital securities market, claiming access to instant payments will change economics forever. And with the Federal Reserve announcing their payment system launching this year, we break down the details, showing our community how 2025 is setting up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Super G is in the building this morning. And Gonzo, we've got a bunch of Ripple news, but also Ethereum investors should be nervous. Gary Gensler seems to be circling the water. So we're going to talk about that today. How are you feeling, my friend? Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm super excited to be here with uh, Mario and Jackie. I don't get to see them like... Uh, you know, every day. So anytime I get to spend with them and everybody in the chat, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy week. Uh, I've got to be here every day with you abs. So it's been super cool. So yeah, uh, we've got tons of news and, and we're going to talk about that Gary Gensler thing and, uh, and proof of stake being a security. Absolutely. Gonzo. And we always appreciate you making time for us, bro. But Mario, we got you in the building today. And obviously we're going to make you defend nodes because that is your name, my friend. And I'm only joking. How you feeling? <laughs> I will defend those. Good morning, everybody. I'm excited to be here. Uh, very grateful for, for another day in the matrix, like you always say, Abs. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, excited to talk crypto. It's it's pretty cool. Um, we're talking crypto in English now. I know that me and Gonzo had a little experience a couple of days ago, and I can't wait to share it with everyone, but very soon. Awesome, guys. And we got Jackie joining us as well, the crypto juggernaut herself. How are you feeling this morning, Jackie? And thank you for making time for us. Hey, guys. Feeling good. Glad to be here. Love seeing people in the chat. Um it's too long. I feel like, man, one week in between is just too long, but excited to be here. Let's do it. Always excited to have you, Jackie. And we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at 3,036 followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in moderate fear this morning, sitting at a 52, climbing into the neutral range. When we look at the daily movers, we've got some green bubbles across the board. GRT is up 12%, GMX is up 8%, and AGIX is up about 13% today. When we check out the total coin market cap, we are sitting at $1.08 trillion this morning. Bitcoin is 44% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 24800 Ethereum, 1600 XRP is $0.36. Cents. Polygon is $113. And Cardano sitting at $0.32 cents this morning. And Gonzo, I'm coming right back to you. Because BitBoy put out an interesting video yesterday stating how Cardano and Ethereum should be worried about Gary Gensler. Very interesting how the tables have turned. I'd like to hear if you're concerned as an Ethereum investor. Yeah, you know, I think it goes to the, the bigger argument of, you know, all the tribalism, right? Like when the XRP lawsuit came out, there were a lot of finger pointing about banker coin. This is what you get. And uh, that really just all needs to go away because at the end of the day, when, whether it's ADA, Ethereum, or any of the other proof-of-stake uh, protocols, um, we should be on the same side, right? And, and I get it. There's all these different narratives. There's ETHgate. There's people that hate XRP. They hate Ethereum. But at the end of the day, the real enemy is the SEC. Now, for me personally, I don't think it's time to panic because he still isn't Congress, right? Congress makes laws, and he might say whatever he wants to say, but until it goes to court, like what's happening with the Ripple case, and a judge actually comes out and says and finds a ruling that this is a security, then all he's doing is talking, right? So it, to each his own, you're going to have to make a decision for yourselves if you want to get out of alts and, and then go back in when it feels a little bit safer. But, but for me, I'm going to keep doing my investment thesis, right? 
Absolutely, Gonzo. And we're getting a little bit of bullish momentum here with the Bitcoin price chart as well. For the first time in about two years now, Bitcoin just got its third green monthly candle in a row. And every other time we've seen this, it's been confirmation that we are heading into some bullish momentum and closing out the end of our bear market. But guys, we got 207 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Jackie, we're going to play the video of BitBoy explaining why Cardano investors should be concerned about Gary Gensler. But before we do that, how do you feel about the market today? And what do you think about this Bitcoin price chart? Does it get you optimistic? Um, I am optimistic. We've been kind of trading in these lower lows, um, I guess, looking at a macro scale for quite some time. I don't in any way think that, you know, we're headed up into a bull run right now. But um, yeah, they Similar trading patterns, things like that. I definitely follow a lot of traders um, in the space and, you know, they're kind of looking for some upward movement as well. Um, and we do know that there is that uh, CME gap ready to fill. So I think that's something that a lot of people are looking at when in regards to Bitcoin. But there's a lot of narratives running out there, too, as far as alts um, that you could be following. So that's something I'm looking at um, when it comes to chat G. Is it GPT? I always get those mixed up. GPT, GBT. Um, yeah, I think that there's some room for for AI coins to still run. So, but not financial advice. Absolutely. And what's interesting enough is Jim Cramer is in the live chat right now, and he said, "Don't laugh at me, Abs. It is hard not to laugh, Jim Cramer." And we're about to show you a very interesting video right now of Tucker Carlson calling out the hypocrisy of this man we're speaking about. Here is professional BS artist slash dumb person Jim Cramer of CNBC telling his viewers to buy Silicon Valley Bank. And if that guy ever endorses anything you're doing, move to the Canary Islands. Change your name because disaster is coming. It's all love from GMC. And of course, I'm only joking about Jim Cramer, but I did think it was funny that we had planned to play this video. And now we've got Jim Cramer commenting in the live chat. But Mario, we're going to dive into some very interesting articles. But let's start off with this video of BitBoy talking about why Ethereum and Cardano investors should be worried that Ethereum and Cardano are considered unregistered securities. We're going to let this short clip play and go to the Node Defender. Here we go. Watch the way that you speak to the XRP army. Watch the way that you speak to them. Why? Because you're going to be next. I've been trying to tell you about that the whole time. And meanwhile, we've got Charles Hoskinson, and we've got, uh, on one side, we've got the, the XRP army on the other side. They hate each other. They can't find any common ground. Well, guess what? Cardano community. All the work that the XRP army has done to try to defeat the SEC, well, this is all the same stuff that probably the Cardano people are going to have to go through at some point. Unless something changes, Gary Kinsler today directly said anything that's proof of state blockchain is a security. Anything that's proof of stake blockchain is a security. And Mario, I'm not surprised at all that after Ethereum made that transition, now Gary Gensler is deciding to say that all of these proof of stake mechanisms are unregistered securities. And the reason for that is this. I believe there's going to be a clear definition. They're not going to prosecute anybody who is purchasing and using Ethereum before it turned into proof of stake. So what I think could happen is everybody who participated in the ICO and all the big banks that got to operate and buy cheap Ethereum, I think they're going to get a free pass here. And I think he's going to come after the staking protocols that just began in 2022. So before we play some, some other articles, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Is Ethereum going to be operating as a security from day one? Or do you believe it will only be after they upgraded to the staking mechanism? Well, I mean, if, if it goes uh, according to what Gensler said, proof of stake, then it would only be after it turned to proof of stake. But it's ridiculous to see the amount of tribalism going on in the space. I mean, there's going to be competition. Of course, Cardano wants to be the winning blockchain. They want to be the Ethereum killer. You know, Ethereum wants to continue being Ethereum. So there's going to be competition. But it's like what BitBoy said, you know. They, they all laughed at Ripple. Everybody was happy when Ripple got, got slammed with a lawsuit because, hey, you know, the banking coin is finally being taken down. Well, look at it now. <laughs> they're, they're coming after the other tokens too. And the only ones that have got, the only one that has clarity is Bitcoin. But I think this is, uh, it, this is mostly just scare tactics. Uh, we know crypto is going to be what we know it's going to be. It's got clarity all over the world. The U.S. is creating this scare tactic for a reason. And I think that it's because they're trying to make it so that, and this is just my opinion, so that they continue to be the leaders in the space. I don't think the U.S. is pushing this innovation away. I think they're adopting it behind closed doors and we just don't know about it. And uh, this is the way that they do it. It's by by creating these narratives, scaring people, scaring the investors out of the out of investing in these things. And, uh, you know, 
as Jackie was talking about traders. Uh, and then we have we saw that we have uh, a trader in in the chat, which is Jim Kramer. But nonetheless, I just wanted to put that one out there. I thought it was pretty funny how she mentioned trader, and I immediately thought of trader, Jim Kramer. Absolutely, but, yeah, shots fired by the Node Defender this morning. And guys, I know Mario behind the scenes. If Mario is taking shots, it's always justified. But we got 261 <laughs> live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I wanted to get your comments on the Gary Gensler article, but let me just paint this in a in a positive light. What I think is happening right now is they're taking small banks that are operating in crypto. They're getting rid of them and consolidating them into the larger banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, what many people like to call the big six, right? So I think the positive end of this after we get through this whole process is big banks are going to be custodying crypto in the United States and we will get the green light for assets like Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, and so on to be operating within our banking system. So I'd just like to get your thoughts on that as well while you address the original question. How do you feel about Ethereum possibly being considered an unregistered security, but only after the shift to proof of stake? Yeah, I mean, what, what Gensler is saying or what he's suggesting is that uh, in proof of stake, because when you stake, you earn a reward, that uh, there's an expectation of return. And he's saying that meets the Howey test and that makes it a security. But you just had, I think it was, was it last week that the the CFTC was in front of uh, Congress and what he was saying was that Ethereum was a commodity, which you could infer that a lot of these proof of stake protocols are commodities. And what he was saying was, is they have case law that they can use to back that up. So you have like two sides of the, of the coin here that are kind of arguing against each other um, I, I personally think that, that he's wrong. Right. And like I said before, it's just him talking. It still needs to be proven. And until Congress makes laws. Right. Um, and I think at some point we're going to get that clarity. Right. I think you're right. Um, I think that Ethereum was rolled out as a security, but just like anything else, you could have a baseball card be a security. You could have uh, whiskey barrel be a security. It's the way that it gets packaged that makes it a security, right? Not the underlying asset. But I think the Ripple case is very, very important because it's going to give us some clarity and it's going to give us some case law that they're going to be able to, to lean on. Um, but like what Mario was saying before, look, you don't have to like Ethereum or even invest in it. Same thing with Cardano, right? Or XRP. But that whole toxicity thing, um, I, I think that just needs to go away. And for those Bitcoin maxis that think, oh, well, we're proof of work. We're fine. Uh, look what was happening with Biden when he was coming out. He's trying to tax the energy, right? So if you think that Bitcoin's going to be safe, you're absolutely wrong. Uh, this is a full-on war against cryptocurrency, right? It's Operation Chokepoint 2.0. We've talked about it. And I don't think that any of the protocols are safe. This is the first time that Gary Gensler has ever come out and explicitly said all proof of work on these tokens is considered an unregistered security. He said the investing public is, in, is investing, anticipating a return, anticipating something on these tokens, whether they're proof of stake tokens or they're also looking to get a return on the proof of stake. Anything that offers 2%, 4% or 18% returns is considered an unregistered security. And to get those bold statements right now, Jackie, during 2023, that is Gary Gensler's jumping the gun to say the least, because we're seeing regulation play out in the United in the European nations, what they call the G20. And we know they already consider many of these tokens digital assets, not digital securities, digital currencies. There's a bunch of different, there's a whole spectrum that we can play on here. So to just say this is operating as a security versus a commodity, I think it's something in between. And I'd like to get your take. What do you think about Gary Gensler calling Ethereum an unregistered security and the fact that he's doing this after the shift to proof of stake? Right. It's it's just bouncing back and forth. Um, I I agree with what Gonzo said. You know, eventually we will see the clarity. But that's I say this on the show uh, quite often, like Gary Gensler seems to flip flop his narrative all the time. And I think it's just to continue to keep confusion in the space and and pull people to look one way versus another way. So that's another thing that we talk about all the time within the academy. Um, they have you look one way um, while they're doing things in the background. I think that this is another one of those tactics. Um, talking about, you know, proof of stake and kind of kind of keeping those things in the limelight uh, while they're doing while they're doing their banking shifts and things like that on the back end. So absolutely. And check this out, Jackie. We just had the second and third largest banking collapses in U.S. history as Credit Suisse is now the largest target of the banking collapse. Meanwhile, J.P. Morgan is down four point five percent since January 1st. And the total number of banks in the U.S. 
is down 85% since 1920. So what is this tweet trying to highlight, Mario? It's highlighting the consolidation of banking happening in the United States. Six big banks are going to take control of this whole industry, absorbing small banks, absorbing crypto firms, and then using that technology. This is a clear example of that. So just to close this out, how do you feel about the consolidation of big banks and the role that crypto is going to play? Yeah, it's well, we're seeing we're seeing uh, I think we're seeing like uh, um, the banking system is kind of exposing itself. You know, the fraud that was happening behind the scenes, everything is coming out and every space has fraud. Um, and, and it's good that we get to see that it's not just crypto. So, you know, for the last couple of years, as we've been more involved with crypto and as you look at mainstream news and we've been seeing over last year with the Celsius and and uh, Sam Bankman Freed you know, with FTX, crypto was bad. You know, you didn't want to be involved with crypto. Well, what about banks? You know, banks are supposed to be safe. You, that's where you keep your money. That's where you're supposed to be keeping um, your money safe. And look what's happening behind the scenes. You know, fraud is in every space. There's bad actors in every space. So um, as far as the consolidation, yeah, JP Morgan, it, it does look like they, they are positioned to take that share. And uh, I believe that obviously it's it's a matter of interest. It's a matter of of, uh, of power, and they're going to consolidate in a way where it's convenient for them. But it's uh, certainly interesting that we're getting to see everything that Coach JV has been talking about over the last couple of years. You know, the banking system and and the collapses, which is essentially just to move on to the new system. You know, these collapses are programmed and and designed and they're uh they're happening so that we can move on to the new system because now they're going to come out and they're going to say well you know what we need to bring you guys closer to the federal reserve so how that's going to happen is through a cbdc it makes total sense gonzo one of the biggest news stories from today is gary gensler claiming ethereum is operating as an unregistered security my opinion the biggest news story we have for our listeners is the federal reserve confirmed in july that their fed now instant payment system is set to go live but before we dive into that we got 320 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Thursday. Gonzo, I wanted to get your comments on this in particular. The FedNow payment system is not a central bank digital currency. And this is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have in this market. The United States Federal Reserve has confirmed a July launch date for its long-awaited payment system and has been seen by some as a competitor to a central bank digital currency. The instant payments network will settle payments in seconds and can support transactions between customers, merchants, and banks. One of the most important details here, Gonzo, is it does not rely on blockchain technology and is completely controlled by the Federal Reserve. So the people who got us into this situation are now going to be receiving more control with this new system. And before we get to dive into the details, I want to get your take. What's it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, Abs, um, I haven't done a lot of deep research into the FedNow payment system, but it does seem like it's a problem reaction solution, right? I, I know that it doesn't use uh, blockchain technology and it does seem like it's like the first steps of moving us into a CBDC, right? I know it's not a CBDC, but, um, but yeah, like I said, I haven't done a lot of research on it. So maybe the other guys can comment. Jack, I'd love to get your comments as well, because the Federal Reserve has been talking about upgrading their payment system since 2019. But this is the first time we have a confirmed rollout in the works. And this is going to be first in beta testing, obviously. But by the end of this year, they are planning to have a full-blown product ready for these big banks to use. And one of our listeners commented something interesting. Excuse me there. One of our listeners commented something interesting is that 12 big banks right now are the ones that are working with the Federal Reserve. It's not, there's not this big spectrum of banks willing to work with the Fed. It's the big guys in the United States building this system and preparing to centralize the banking system even more than it is. This is some validation here. I'd like to get your thoughts. Yeah, I don't doubt that uh, this could definitely be a program that is used. Um, obviously, they are they are coming out with it. but And a lot of people uh, are, are fearful that this is going to take away some, um, I guess, clientele, uh, some business from from big companies like Ripple, right, with their technology, which is probably true that that is bound to happen. But um, again, that does not put them to the wayside at all. I would say that, I mean, this is this is going to be common. There's going to be different on rails and things like that. Uh, It doesn't invalidate um, XRP. It doesn't invalidate Ripple at all. So that's something that I would say don't don't worry too much about. They are definitely it's definitely a competition to Ripple. Um, but I would say, you know, kind of be comforted in the fact that there are, um, just like we've been saying, there are many banks that are going to be using different, um, 
brailing system. So uh, that does not rule out Ripple at all. So they're definitely a competitor in the space. People are saying in the chat that it's built on Cypherium. I was looking at what Mentelec was talking about. So I can't confirm that. that. So one of the things, and one of our listeners, please live chat, because I tried to research this. I couldn't find any confirmation. I know the Federal Reserve has worked with Cypherium in the past. I couldn't find anything validating that they're building this system using Cypherium. I could be wrong. I need to find this information. So anybody who has more information in the live chat, can you let me know and comment? Is there any confirmation from the Federal Reserve that they're actually working with Cypherium or are they just partnering to work on this mechanism? So there's a difference there. Are they rolling out the product on the blockchain? It doesn't appear to be so, but there is a collaboration that we're seeing. And Mario, one of the most important details here is the fact that it's not built on a blockchain. What do you think they're using if they're not using a blockchain and why would they take that route? Sorry, I was just blocking that scam. That's <laughs> spam comment right hey. there. Yeah, um, that's what I was trying to do too. Again? Yeah, I was trying to scam. I was trying to. Block I was going to say somebody's got to block that guy. Okay, yeah, right here yeah. is a great answer. So right here is a great answer. It said Cypherium will be used with Fed now. So I'd love to hear your take. Why do you believe they mm-hmm. chose to not build on a blockchain in particular? That's my biggest question. Well, I mean, I think that the blockchain route makes total sense because of the way that it's uh, distributed, because of the distributed ledger technology. Um, we know that transactions, there has to be a database, right? We need to know where it came from, where it went to. We need to log time and date and all that good stuff. And blockchain seems to be the technology that's the most secure, the most scalable. Um, if they're going to come out and develop a brand new technology, uh, which they totally could. Uh, and I guess that's that's the thing in, in, in my mind is what's stopping them? Why would they go ahead and start using a public blockchain or a private version of a blockchain? instead of creating their own technology. Nothing is stopping them from creating their technology, especially if they don't believe in blockchain, especially if they um, if they don't want blockchain to flourish. Uh, so I'm super intrigued to see what happens. It will be nice to see if there is a Cypherium connection there and if they are using uh, some kind of blockchain technology. Something interesting about Cypherium is they are um, proof of work. So with all this stuff going on with proof of stake, that is interesting. So that is, I mean, that, that, uh, with the current narrative, everything with Gary Gensler has been saying recently, um, going after proof of stake blockchains, the fact that Cypherium is proof of work, that does kind of fall into that. It's interesting, Jackie. And you know what it reminds me of? When Gary Gensler first came out and said everything besides Bitcoin is an unregistered security, my take was I thought he was trying to distance himself from the corruption in Ethereum. I think he understands that there's lawsuits in the works behind the scenes. This is a $200 billion project that had an initial coin offering and has never had to deal with the consequences. Yet Ripple is sitting here as a $20 billion project facilitating payments for banks, and they're considered an unregistered security. So there's clearly a lack of of transparency here. We got 355 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Jackie, I want to kick it back to you after this update. As the Fed now said, it could stand in place of a central bank digital currency because this product can do many of the same functions a CBDC would do. If Congress were to decide to issue a CBDC, it could take five years to put in place. But this same project has the exact same design features of a CBDC. So is this indirectly the product that we're all talking about? Does it have to be labeled a central bank digital currency if it has the same functions? Right. And so those are those are the key words. Um, I, I'm, I'm someone who likes to kind of like zoom out for a second. Um, and I don't really like focus too much on detail of nitty gritty and things like that. And those are the key words if they, you know, if those are always the keywords when they say things like that, um, because just like we said, you know, first, first it was going after um, all coins and things like that, but they give a pass on Ethereum. Now it's going after and and they give passes on. Now it's now it's proof of work versus proof of stake. Now you know it's uh, the narrative is always switching. That's my point here, and so I would never. Never trust what is is current, I guess, is my is my um, is my point to saying all of this. Never trust trust what is the current uh, conflict at hand because it could change just like that. The narrative always changes to keep you to keep you switching your focus um, and confused. So if that's what if that's anything that I could say to my point um, is is continue to stick to the technology that's at hand. I'll I'll come back to my next comment. Okay, cool. That's actually, that was perfect, Jackie. And one of the things that's sticking out to me in the comments here is somebody is talking about how this shift is already taking place and it's been in the works for several years. One of our listeners commented, how is Jim Cramer still allowed to make takes on these big platforms? 
I want to explain this really quick. I know it's off topic. Jim Cramer is being used as exit liquidity. He's convincing people like us to say, let's go and buy Silvergate Bank. That way, when this thing collapses, BlackRock has exit liquidity to dump into. So when people talk about Jim Cramer, and it's interesting that he's in our comments today, please smash that like button if you want Jim Cramer out of here, because we can always give him the boot. And I'm only <laughs> kidding. But this is the article I wanted to shift yeah, into. Yeah, don't do that, because I really think that's Gary, dude. I think that's Gary Gensler. I think Gary so, too. Gensler. It's all love. It's all love, of course. But Gonzo, I did want to kick it right back to you on this article because BlackRock CEO is criticizing Gary Gensler and the United States regulators for lagging behind with innovation. And this is a fairly long article, but the bottom line is what stuck out to me the most. He said, I believe this next generation for markets and the next generation of securities will be the tokenization of securities in the United States. And I added the in the United States because he was talking about that indirectly. But what's very interesting here is if tokenization gets pushed out of the U.S., other markets are going to be set up to thrive while we're lagging behind. And Larry Fink is indicating that. So I just wanted to get some brief comments. How do you feel about BlackRock CEO acknowledging crypto securities are here to stay? Yeah, you know, we always talk about this, you know, follow the money. And I, I think he's 100% correct, you know, that that that's where we're moving to, the tokenization of securities, right? The only question is, you know, which blockchain are they going to build it on, right? Some people think it's the XRPL. Some people think it's Ethereum. Um, you know, it could be one of the layer two scaling solutions. Um, but I think that's the future of where we're going to. But like we've talked about in the past, right now we're in the they fight you stage, right? And with Operation Choke Point 2.0, where they're attacking the on and off ramps, right? We lost Silvergate. We lost uh, Silicon Valley Bank was just the excuse, right? That was more to do with like tech startups and stuff. But the real target on there was Signature Bank, right? And so they're attacking, uh, I was reading an article by Nick Carter yesterday, um, and I, I don't want to go for memory, but it was a really good article because it gave all these different things that have been going on since uh, the end of last year that just shows that there, there, there's a full-on attack uh, on cryptocurrency. But I think that once it all plays out uh, and we get the resolution of the, of the XRP case, and we finally get like some regulation and some clarity um, is really when the market will turn around. But 2023 is going to be all about regulation and it's going to be all about them fudding you out of your positions. And Gonzo, this only validates the points you just made here as Operation Choke Point has been in the works for several months. But it really started last year when the Biden administration asked for clarity on crypto and said they would have guidelines for us by September of 2022. We really haven't gotten a fair update when it comes to those uh, when it comes to crypto regulation, but we are seeing it play out before our eyes, whether they acknowledge it or not. This is the inside sources that you were talking about. So one of our friends thinking crypto, also known as Tony Edwards, was making an inside Twitter thread talking about how there was a coordinated attack on cryptocurrencies. He said, I spoke to a source that cannot be named and gave me insight into Operation Choke Point 2.0. This person worked at the government and is now operating within the crypto industry. This attack was greenlighted from the top, coming from the Biden administration, and that's why you see the SEC, CFTC, and other regulation regulatory agencies targeting crypto in parallel. This is another reason why Gary Gensler has been so bold and not afraid of the consequences that could come from poor regulation. The negative influence on the administration is coming from the following parties, Janet Yellen, Gary Gensler, and of course, the President of the United States. And this Twitter thread came out before the Silicon Valley banking collapse and now we're watching big banks move into this market. So, Jackie, before I kick it to Mario, how do you feel about Operation Choke Point playing out right before our eyes? Yeah, I think um, I think those are the three that have been the loudest against uh, cryptocurrency in the space for quite some time. So it's kind of cool uh, that Tony Edwards would would you know seek further into getting that information and and kind of leak that out there. Um, but yeah, for, for the long time, we've always been talking about Janet Yellen, uh, Gary Gensler and Biden. Um, Biden's kind of more in the background a little bit, but coming more to the surface of of being in choke point choke 2.0. But but yeah, no, I, I agree that. I mean, we talk about this all the time. This is all these green lights come from the top and it is to push certain narratives. So. Absolutely. And we've got more proof of that here is the former head of the OCC in the United States, Brian Brooks, is explaining exactly what Jackie just said. This is a move to centralize cryptocurrency through the big banks and the largest players in our country already understand that. So we're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group here. Here we go. Will uh, further happen with uh, the bank 
situation with the crypto-friendly bank situation in the United States? Do you think everyone eventually will just leave the U.S.? Or what, what of the situation of on and off ramps in the United States for banks and crypto institutions? Yeah, I mean, look, my, my guess is that there's when you have demand that is as strong as it is, there will always be smaller banks that are willing to step up and try to risk manage this. So, you know, you get rid of Signature Bank and you have Customers Bank and you get rid of Customers Bank and then you have Coastal Con. There's always somebody who's going to serve this because there's a demand and crypto is not unlawful. Um, the question then becomes, you know, how quickly and how how committedly is the is the administration going to go after every single last one of those, and how will they answer to the 50 million customers who are looking for fiat on and off ramps? Um, my belief is that they're trying to send a signal that will eventually choke this off. That's again what Operation Choke Point was. But you can't, you know, you can't kill all of the uh, all of the animals in the zoo at some point. So my belief is there will always be somebody serving it. It'd be better if larger banks with better risk management were serving the sector. But if they don't, there will be somebody doing that. And Do you guys see what he's doing here? He's playing the good guy, but he's pushing the exact same narrative. And I'm, I'm going to start with Gonzo. Brian Brooks is talking about the consolidation of crypto through the big banks, and he said he phrased it in a way that it made it sound like he was anti that whole movement. Then he closed it out by saying, this is what's going to happen, and it's a positive for the industry. So I feel like it's another example like Hester Pierce. You get to play a good character. You have your bad characters. Brian Brooks clearly gets to play the good guy. I'd love to get your take, Gonzo. Well, and if you remember, coaches talk about this. He, when he's the head of the OCC, one of the things he did was he passed that charger so that banks can custody your crypto, right? If I'm not mistaken, coach talks about it all the time. And um, I was looking at a different statistic that talked about like the banks and their risk, right? Like this whole debacle with them getting into long-term T-bills or treasury bonds, right? And the issue. And basically this list um, showed all the different banks and kind of their risk and where they're at. And of course, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, when it talks about their balance sheet, theirs was in the single digits. And then these regional banks, the banks that custody crypto, like, you know, Signature Bank uh, and Silvergate, they were higher up. They were like in the 50, 60 percentile. Right. And so it seems like this was all set up so that these banks could go under and that it would push everything into the stronger banks. Right. The JP Morgans of the world the Bank of Americas, right? So that all of a sudden, as those other banks go away, these guys can come in. Again, we've said this before, once they get their hooks into it and say, hey, look, now it's good to go. Now, you know, we'll custody your crypto, come to JP Morgan, you know, you can stake your crypto here, right? And you're going to get this certain percentage um, now that they have their hooks in it. And then, you know, that's when we're going to see Gary Gensler or the SEC kind of back off and this thing's going to run. This is a clear example of Brian Brooks getting to play the good guy. Federally chartered banks and thrifts may provide crypto custody services for crypto assets. This is news from 2020, and obviously, I think it was revised, and you hinted at that, Gonzo. This doesn't currently stand. Am I right? I just want to confirm. Am, am I correct on that? I, I think I was reading an article, the same one with Nick Carter, that talked about uh, the, the new OCC that came into the Biden administration might have started reversing some of the things that he was doing. So I actually had reached out to Coach yesterday asking him that. So I'm not sure if some of the stuff that he did actually got reversed. What's interesting is the consolidation of these big banks. Why is that a bad thing? We should probably explain that as well. When they get rid of these small banks, what happens is you become less risk averse. There's no reason for big banks to not gamble your money if there's no incentive for them losing your money. So if big banks can go out, gamble, lose all their money and be fully insured with no consequences, that's kind of the problem that happened in 2008 with the real estate market where people were getting loans that they shouldn't have been granted. Those loans were defaulting and then people were going and bailing them out. It's the exact problem we're running into now in 2023, just happening through the crypto market. So Mario, I'm going to give you the open floor here. What does that mean to you? The fact that we're seeing the same thing play out in 2023 that we saw over a decade ago. Yeah, I, I think Gonzo nailed it with his explanation. It's hard to say anything extra as far as that, but it's uh, it certainly it certainly feels like it's a consolidation to the big players. And I think the big uh, the big wow factor is going to be whenever they do produce that clarity. It would just so happen to be when J.P. Morgan and all those other big banks come out and say, "Oh, look, you can actually buy and sell crypto from within our platform now, or Ethereum, or you know whatever other other uh, cryptocurrencies that end up getting clarity." So, I don't think I don't think that uh, that's impossible. Uh, it's certainly going to be 
it's certainly going to be something that will happen eventually. You know, the, the custody of crypto from within the banks, they're going to profit a lot from it, you know, from the fees and, and stuff and so on and so forth. So it only makes sense. And I can certainly see it being a consolidation towards the, the bigger players. And there are some good players in the government working towards proper crypto regulation. And this is one of them right here, a representative named Tom Emmer talking about the better days on the horizon for the crypto market. The SEC isn't interested in clarifying what areas of the crypto industry fall under SEC jurisdiction. We know that because FinHub, that you've referred to, the SEC division focused on crafting crypto regulation, has essentially dissolved under Gensler. Nonetheless, while abandoning good faith attempts clarify how to clarify how the commission's existing authority applies to digital assets, the SEC is hell-bent on expanding the size of its crypto enforcement division and using enforcement to unconstitutionally expand its jurisdiction. Under Chair Gensler, the SEC has become a power-hungry regulator, politicizing enforcement, baiting companies to, quote, come in and talk to the commission, then hitting them with enforcement actions and discouraging good faith cooperation. That is, he's pretty much talking about Ripple there, but we got so much news prepared. Let's honestly skip right past that. Fidelity did allow new people to, uh, sorry, Fidelity actually just opened up crypto trading and we're going to talk about that as well, but let's play this video of BitBoy. This is the second clip I wanted to show our listeners why centralization is so dangerous for crypto. The SRP Army has, has proven here that it's going to do its work. The SRP Army has proven it's going to go after Gary Gensler. It's going to go after the SEC full tilt, okay? But where's the rest of y'all? While the rest of y'all were laughing at the XRP community, saying, ha, 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 XRP Army, that's right, you got to do the SEC sets for you. How many of you in the Cardano community or, or other communities uh, the Bitcoin maximums for sure. Can I go and find tweets from y'all saying, ha ha ha, that's right, get them, SEC. You're, you're in the crosshairs next. You are in the crosshairs next. This is how serious this stuff is. It's time to wake up. It's time to realize they're coming after everything. And we got more evidence of that right now. And I'm going to pull up a tweet in the background of Vitalik Buterin in 2020 criticizing Ripple for what he may be sued for in 2023. So Mario, just give me your quick take while I pull up that tweet. Yeah, the BitBoy again, you know, saying what we've been saying, it was it was crazy. But back in, you know, when it happened with the lawsuit, everybody, the whole the whole space was criticizing XRP. And like I said before, you know, laughing at XRP, oh, finally, the bankers coin, they're coming after the bankers coin. Well, now the things are changing and the SEC is coming after everybody. And that's that's why I just wish that from the beginning, the whole industry would realize that this was a t an attack in the in. in towards the whole crypto and not just XRP and whatever gets determined by this lawsuit could actually set a precedent for, for the space. So yeah, I, I look what's happening with, with Gensler and, and, and the SEC, it, it's definitely a show. Like it, it doesn't make sense from, from a lot of the angles. It absolutely doesn't make sense. And it's like somebody said in the, in, in the chat, in the live chat, you know, the internet had the same resistance, the same comments were being made about the internet from governments and, and, and uh, and the the entities to which the internet was actually threatening, right? Because the internet came about and it threatened a lot of industries. And the same thing for blockchain. Blockchain is threatening a lot of industries. It's threatening the banking sector most most of all. And that's where we're seeing the fight. Fights happening now in the banking sector because they want to continue having the control. They want to continue having that centralization and not decentralization. And many of those people are working with the Ethereum Alliance to promote this currency specifically. And I think that's why Vitalik Buterin was so confident just a couple of years ago. He tweeted out right after Ripple was sued by the SEC. Vitalik went to Twitter and said, looks like the Ripple slash XRP team is sinking to new levels of strangeness. They're claiming that their shit coins should be called a security, should not be called a security for public policy reasons mainly because Bitcoin and Ethereum are Chinese controlled. This didn't age very well. And I'm sure in five years, it will look even worse, Gonzo. But I know that we do we do love Ethereum on this channel. So just some brief comments on Vitalik Buterin being so confident in 2020, but coming full circle here in 2023. Yeah, you know, I don't agree with it at all. It, it goes to that same toxicity that we're talking about, right? You don't, you don't, you don't have to, you know, it, be an investor in, in Ethereum. But it's the toxicity. It's the tribalism. This is what they want. They want us arguing with each other, right? They want us distracted. It's the same thing that's happened, and without getting real political, but it's same thing that it's the same thing that's happened, like in our political system in the United States, right? With Democrat, Republican, left and right. I think most people are somewhere in the middle, right? Where they lean on certain issues this way, and then other issues that way, right? And they've become so extreme 
on these opposite ends that nothing ever gets done. And that goes to a, a bigger argument, but they're trying to do the same thing in, in, in blockchain or, or in cryptocurrency. You have all these tribalism, the Bitcoin maxis, right? You even have XRP maxis. Um, and so uh, I feel like it's not productive. And like I said, I don't have to believe in a certain protocol or invest in it, but um, I could still, um, you know, join them in a fight against the SEC. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, Gonzo. And this is another great update for our listeners out there. But we got 366 live listeners in the chat. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Brad Brad Miller, I completely agree with you. This is a great tribe of warriors we got here. But this is some positive news for our XRP listeners. As XRP is getting some positive regulation out of South Korea. And this may have global implications going forward. So in a new upcoming act called the Digital Asset Basic Act, which is set to be passed in South Korea, this is going to be established to regulate digital assets that do not fall within the definition of STOs, such as payment tokens. Now, what's so great about this is that XRP is considered a payment token in South Korea, and XRP might be, not be considered a security and subject to this specific regulation. So what's so great about this article is it's almost as if XRP is being treated as a non-registered security, but it's not, right? So it's so great that they're identifying the use cases that XRP has and separating it from other assets where you're just anticipating a return from the gain over time. So Gonzo, as people are falling off during the live chat, it's just me and you, bro. I'd love to get your thoughts. Yeah, no, like, you know, this goes to the bigger argument that, you know, when we talk about that um, these companies are going to go where they're treated better, like that's this goes to like the thing in Singapore, right? With Coinbase, where they're getting... Uh, they're getting uh, like a not a permit, but a charter or something so they can make it easily to do on and off ramps. I think we were reading the article earlier. Right. And so you have these other countries that are a lot more crypto friendly. And that's where these companies are going to end up going to. Right. Where they're treated better. Um, and so uh, like you were saying, abs in other parts of the world, XRP is considered a currency. Right. It's only in the U.S. that we have this issue that they call it a security. But you know what? It's going to get resolved, right? It's going to get resolved. Whether it gets resolved next week, today, at the end of the year, whenever, it's going to get resolved and we're going to get that clarity that we've been looking for. So in the meantime, what can we do as investors is to continue to follow your, your plan, whatever that is, dollar cost average, and then just be patient. Absolutely, Gonzo. And you can check out this news right here that validates a lot of what you said. Coinbase is joining Ripple in support against the SEC, claiming that Coinbase never sold an unregistered security on their platform. The contradicting narratives we have going on here is back in 2020, when the SEC sued Ripple for being an unregistered security, Coinbase was one of the fastest exchanges to pull XRP off their platforms. But here they are willing to go to battle over Ethereum because now that Ethereum has been considered an unregistered security, they're willing to go to court. And to me, that speaks directly to who they're working to, directly who's putting money in their pockets. And I do have some other articles prepared, but just some brief comments here. Is this validation for Ripple that Coinbase is claiming they never sold an unregistered security? Yeah, you know, I, you know, we've talked about this before with, with Coinbase, like where we're at the beginning of the lawsuit, right? But then eventually they, they prepared that amicus brief for the Ripple case. And then this has to do with the insider trading thing where the guys already pled guilty, that the manager that worked for Coinbase. But what they don't want to agree to is that he was selling unregistered securities, right? And they reached out to the SEC with a list of like 50 questions because they're saying, we want to sell securities, tell us how to come into compliance. And of course, they're not going to get answered, right? They've already said that. He's not going to give them the clarity that they're looking for. We're not going to get that clarity until we get the resolution uh, of the Ripple case. Absolutely. And we got some other news prepared for our listeners. But before we do that, we got 358 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. It's just me and Gonzo in the building today. <laughs> Dude, so, this is me and you, right? These uh, are these are the A list. Well, you're looking at that. If you want, you know what I wanted to talk about is yeah. uh, for those of you that have been using Arbitrum, the Arbitrum airdrop is dropping uh, in March, uh, March 23rd, right? I think it's going to be next week. Uh, there are websites that you can go to that to check to see if you qualify for the airdrop. And I and I think this is important because remember what happened with the Blur airdrop, right? And that was only like 400 million. This thing's going to be a lot more than that. There was an infusion of money into the uh the crypto market and i think that we're going to get the same thing with the arbitrum airdrop right there's going to be an influx of money or liquidity that comes into the market and so i just wanted to throw that out there 
Absolutely, Gonzo. And check out this update as well, because this is another important update from the CFTC. The SEC has not been given jurisdiction to rule and run the crypto market. They've taken that into the hands of themselves. But look at this. As Circle, Ava Labs, and Fireblocks are all being recruited by the CFTC to work on a new tech advisory committee. And this is a little bit of validation here because we got Circle. That is a stable coin. Ava Labs, which is AVAX. And then we got Fireblocks, which is a DeFi ecosystem. All different parts of the crypto ecosystem are coming together to work with the CFTC. Just some thoughts here, Gonzo, before we continue. Yeah, you know, it, to put it in simplest terms, right? And this is very, very basic. I'm, I'm sure there are people that are in the chat that are more expert at this. But my understanding of what a commodity is, is something that you can use to build with, right? Whether that's oil, where you build products. A lot of it, you know, commodities are in agriculture, right? Or there's uh, other commodities like there's... Um, that are like steel and things like that. And that's why we believe that a lot of these protocols are commodities, right? Because they're networks and you build on top of them, right? And I think that's why the CFTC is so confident when they say that Ethereum is a commodity and a lot of these other protocols are commodities because I think when you look, there are case laws that back that up, right? It's always like, he's trying to say that they're securities because of this expectation of, of, um, of returns Right. And that meets one of the prongs of the Howie test. But like I said, that has to be all played out in court. But we all know that the at the end of the day, a lot of these protocols, right, are going to end up as commodities because you build on top of them. Right. Now, I'm not saying that they're not all securities because there are 22,000 cryptocurrencies and a lot of them need to go away. A lot of them are securities. Some of them are scams. Right. And so I think when we get that regulatory clarity, a lot of them will go away. And that needs to happen for our space to kind of move forward and become the 12th sector, like we've said in the past. Absolutely. And check out this update here as Ripple and IBM are going to be collaborating to build a digital euro at the digital euro conference. This is very different from the digital pound foundation. So what they're doing is they're developing a stable coin on the Polygon network. And these are the best minds in the industry coming in to hopefully create the best product for us. But there was another update I wanted to show people, which is right here. And this is going to be another update for Ripple as well, as the Faster Payments Council is coming together on March 20th and 21st in order to talk about a CBDC and other enhancing of the payment system. So we've got Wells Fargo, Ripple, Forum 3, MasterCard, BNY Mellon. Some of the biggest names on the planet are all going to be attending, and that's very exciting as well. But to close out today's episode, I did want to show our listeners this as well. A New York court denied the government's request to halt a $1 billion deal, saying a delay could harm customers. The SEC was also in the objection, saying it's up to the judge to protect customers and investors as the SEC has abandoned that role. And what they're referring to here is people were supposed to receive 70% of the funds that they had lost, Gonzo, from this Voyager deal. And it was shut down by United States regulators. As people who are supposed to be protecting investors, this seems to be a move in the opposite direction. What does that mean to you before we kick tomorrow? I'm sorry. I got a little bit distracted. I was trying to answer somebody's question. I can, uh, what's your question about I can comment. Go, go ahead, Mario. Go ahead. Yeah, I got your back, Gonzo. Uh, so I, I think the to touch on on the securities part. Okay, let's say some cryptos are securities, right? And that's according to the U.S. regulations as far as what is a security. Okay, that's fine. And then what? Like, can we just get clarity? I think it would just be nice for Gary Gensler or the SEC to come out and say, okay, look, these things are clarities because they they fall under the Howey test, and if they don't want to create a new test then that's fine. But at least give it some clarity. At least give, give the space uh, a direction in which it can go. Don't say, you know, go on our website, fill a form, because that form doesn't exist. <laughs> Apparently, you can go looking on the SEC website and you won't find that form that Gary keeps talking about. So that's the problem with 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 what I see in the space is the fact that they keep saying, come in, um, talk to us, but just give some clarity. Instead of waiting for uh, a company like Ripple to do something or waiting for Ethereum to merge to a proof of stake to then sue them. It, it's, it's ridiculous to see this happen within the United States. It would be nice to just say, look, uh, Ripple uh, XRP is a security. We don't want to change the law, but, and this is how we're going to do it. And so securities have to come in, register with us uh, and let's move forward. Okay. If there are, if they are securities, they want to continue to be regulated like securities, then that's fine. But at least give, the company some clarity, give the investors some clarity. And I think that's the problem. 
Yeah, and Hester Pierce has talked about this. Like within their scope, they can come out with certain guidelines, right, without locking them in, but giving some some guidelines and some definitions to give some clarity. It wouldn't be very hard, right? She she did a whole interview where she kind of rolled out her thing, uh, but we, we know they're not going to do that. But I mean, they easily could. Or you know what's going to happen is they're going to wait. And like we said, once traditional finance gets all their hooks into it and they build all their positions, that's when they're going to come out with these kind of guidelines and they're going to write these different papers and then let this thing run. Shout out to Waters Above in the chat. What's up, brother? Shout out to Waters. It's very interesting. I was just thinking about him last night, so it's weird how life works like that. But guys, we got 316 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And shout out to every member of the Wolfpack as well. We're going to close out this episode with a cool article talking about how Coinbase is turning to Singapore in order to onboard new investors. So Singapore customers will now be able to transfer funds to and from their Coinbase account using any local bank. Standard Charter will be tasked with providing a connection to and on, on their off-ramp for money. Coinbase has said that the integrated Singapore's two-click digital identity application, this is going to allow citizens to, to access their crypto in two simple taps. One of the big details here is as Singapore aims to become a global crypto and blockchain hub, we are committed to supporting these ambitions and bringing the best product experience to the Singapore market. Well, as this is a great move for retail investors being able to get involved in Coinbase, they're incorporating a digital identity application here. So there are some red flags. I haven't done enough research on the identity application to criticize it yet because maybe it's great and maybe it is totally, you know, maybe it does hold all the information that it's supposed to, but I doubt it. So we got 320 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is our last article for today. And Mario, I'd love to start with you. How do you feel about Coinbase and Singapore working together? It's good. I mean, uh, it, it's it's again Coinbase expanding its arms, uh, getting into more countries, getting into more uh, more spaces, and um, it's going to continue happening regardless of what we see in the industry. I th we know that blockchain is going to continue to innovate a lot of the spaces. You know, there's a lot of clues out there. There's a lot of people involved, companies. Uh, there's already a lot of influence. It's like we've been saying on the show, though. It's just that fight stage. We're in the fight stage because I believe that in the background, there's um, hard competition to who's going to have the most control. And we know that the world revolves around control. It's every Everything is essentially about control. And so we're just witnessing that before our eyes. It's like, like Coach JV keeps saying, it's the greatest time in human history to take action and... Um, and, and this is a great opportunity that we're all we're all seeing here. Absolutely, guys. And we got 314 live listeners. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to close this out episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Mario. And thank you to Jackie, the crypto juggernaut. We will see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, bye. Yeah, the baby. Thanks for joining. Let's go. Love you guys. Thank you.